shake my nerves and you rattle my brain. Too much of love drives a man insane. You broke my will, but what a thrill. Welcome, everybody, to the Golden Shovel Podcast. Uh, I'm here with my co-host, David Bastias. Uh, we come to you here on this beautiful Wednesday afternoon, uh, a couple days after Great Balls of Fire, after seeing Monday Night Raw, SmackDown, and all the fallout after Great Balls of Fire. David, I really like doing this show on a Wednesday. I know a lot of people like that instant reaction on a Sunday night, Monday morning, about the pay-per-view, but I feel like you can't really judge a pay-per-view until you see the fallout of the shows the next day, because you really don't know what direction it goes afterwards. Yeah, you know, also just to settle down and not let your emotions really influence, you know, your real thought about it. Let it sit down and be like, okay, maybe this wasn't as bad or as good as I thought it was also. Now, for people who don't know you, I find, I don't really understand why you say that, because you are somebody who lets your emotions get the best of you when it comes to wrestling all the time. Right, of course, and, you know, I've almost canceled the network multiple times. You don't have the network. You use my network. I've almost canceled your network multiple times. <laughs> That's not right. I just don't, I don't understand that I just want to be able to fill out in the little comment box. When you're about to quit, they give you the little comment box, and I just want to have a field day in the comment box. But yeah. What would you put? Uh, well, I mean, I wasn't going to do it on this pay-per-view. This pay-per-view was an awful, so I'll tell you that. You know, I, I wasn't close to quitting this thing. Now, before we break down the pay-per-view, all the words, what I, what I want to hear from you, just original thoughts, thoughts on the name. Um. I know, I, I know when we talked before the show, you weren't a huge fan of the name. You even said you weren't going to watch it simply because of the name. But I thought the theme was actually cool. Now, I'm not a fan of the great long name, but I thought the theme of the show was cool. When I talk about wrestling, sometimes it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> you know? I'm afraid to wear my wrestling shirts. Well, not all of them, because the Bullet Club shirt looks cool. But there, there's just some shirts you don't want to wear in public, and, you know, it's kind of something you have to be... You know, keep it to yourself. You don't want people to know you watch wrestling. Go, God, what is that? See, I'm very different. I'm very open about my wrestling fandom. See, when your UFC buddies are like, you watch that garbage? What the hell is that? I don't have any UFC buddies. And they think, you know, it's it's for joke. It's for kids. And and the sad thing is when you see Lesnar versus Joe, I think that's something that maybe the UFC fans would enjoy seeing, something like that. Two guys with mixed martial art background, these two big badasses, you know, and then... And then you're like, yeah, it's going to be on the pay-per-view. Uh, the pay-per-view is called Great Balls of Fire? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's just take it a little serious, you know? I, I, know. I just can't. It doesn't have to be as try-hard of a name as Bad Blood. But I, mean, just, I mean, at the end of the day, it is just a name. But, I mean, it's, it's just a joke. And I don't know. So I think I, originally I thought, well, you know, it's not a, it's not a good name, obviously. It's not cool to say. I think they simply did it for hashtag reasons, because I actually think the hashtag looked kind of cool. I mean, I'm sure this was just Vince like the song from back in the day. <laughs> and he just wanted to call the pay-per-view that because he liked the song. It's a so. good song. Is it? Yeah, I think it's a it good song. It was fucking spammed. <laughs> and I hated fucking hearing, at the inaugural, great balls of fire. And every time Michael Cole said it, it would just piss me off a little more. And every time, just a little more, I would just get fucking angry. 
It was so fucking annoying. And I don't know if that song works for wrestling. <laughs> I like that old, like, you know, like, kind of like alternative, like, hard, like, angsty teen rock that they had in the Attitude Era. I feel like that's fits wrestling the best, not this garbage. It treats it like even more of a fucking joke. I'm glad I got you a little work. You take all my balls and play <laughs> with my dick. Goodness gracious, great balls are fine. I don't think that's how the song goes. What the fuck is that? That's enough about the name. I'm glad I got you a little bit. I'm glad I got you a little bit fired up though, because we're about to dive into this pay per view. Then we'll talk about sure. Fallout of Raw and SmackDown. Uh, we'll start it off with pre-show match. Something I know you weren't happy about because you feel as if the cruiserweight division has kind of lost itself a little bit here. I'm gonna let you go on your Austin Aries rant. I know you want to. So we're just gonna say you know, Neville beat Akira Tozawa. Um, I think it was a good idea. I don't think that you should, you know have Titus Worldwide. I'm a big fan of Titus Worldwide. I don't think that you should just have them come out. And you think you have to kind of build yourself up before you can be a champion. Um, My problem with Titus Worldwide is Titus is a jobber who's done nothing <laughs> in the last couple of years. If Titus was booked really strong, and they could actually still save this by having him look really strong and maybe getting some crazy wins over some upper card guys and then turn Titus Worldwide into more of a stable and recruiting more people who aren't doing anything, I think it'd actually be pretty interesting. It's kind of similar to the Miztourage. Well, the Miztourage I'm not a fan of because I think Curtis Axel and Bo Dallas are anchors that are holding Miz back, and he's much bigger than them, and that storyline ever is. And the fucking bear, I don't even want to talk about that. So I don't... But, uh, <laughs> we're going to stick on this a little bit because I don't think Curtis Axel fits. I think Bo Dallas has been really good, though. I mean, there's two guys that need something to do, so they just stuck them there, and I'm, I'm happy to have something to do. But at the same time, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if Miz really needed them. I don't know. Miz always I mean, needs, I, like I said, Miz I, always I, needs I, somebody. Because there's only so many times you yeah, can see Maurice. Maurice. I mean, I like Maurice. But you can't, I mean, there's only so many times you can watch Maurice put his foot on the rope. It's, I enjoy it. It creates different heel finishes for Miz, I mean, who doesn't win. I there's only so many times I can see Miz and Ambrose. I obviously. I've seen it too many times. I agree, but I feel like what I'm trying to say is that there are so you know Miz always wins with a heel finish, and there's only so many times Maurice can help with a heel finish. I think it allows them to have a broader range of finishes for Miz that'll help perpetuate what he's I, done, I which is I one of the best superstars. Who else are you gonna put on there though? Though. I don't know if he needs anyone. I think he does, but. I'm not going to stick on this cruiserweight too much, too much, because I don't think it matters. I love Neville. I think he's a good I champion, mean, it, it but matters. I know, I know what you want to talk about is Austin Aries getting released. Well, I don't, I don't watch the pre-show usually. <laughs> I have things to do, and to be honest, you I don't. Like the... That's true, but I have more wrestling to watch. There's too much wrestling in the week, and you know, I have to. I only have so much time that I can dedicate. And I, and usually the pre-show is garbage, and we get the same talking points you get all the time. And, uh, you know, sometimes it makes for some funny memes, but besides that, it's just trash. And usually the matches are impromptu garbage. They stick together at the last second. And I don't know why the cruiserweights are always usually stuck to the pre-show. I mean, I think this probably could have been on the main show and just, you know, stuck anything else in there. Um, I think it was a better match than Cass and Enzo, but I think Cass and Enzo is a bigger draw. We'll get to that. (laughs) But, I mean... Yeah, like I said, I like the Titus Worldwide idea. I like how they're finally incorporating other superstars that aren't Alicia Fox into the cruiserweight division, even though they're not necessarily cruiserweights. 
Uh, you know, Neville's looking really strong. I don't think Tozawa should have beaten him. I mean, I want to see Neville drop the belt eventually. I mean, it's I think kind it has of to be, ridiculous. I think it has to be to the right uh, person. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I don't know who else, who it's going to be. I think it'd be cool eventually for like a Hideo Itami. Uh, I don't know if that guy can even win anything in NXT. Which I think was why he's perfect reason to be 205. Uh, I mean, yeah, you could have said that for Aries, too. I'm just going to let you talk about Austin Aries. I know he's one of your favorite superstars. I mean, I'm, I'm happy for my boy. He's finally free. I mean, this is a guy who almost four years ago, a little over four years ago, was TNA world champ. You're talking about the guy that was the first ever two-time Ring of Honor champ. He's one of the best performers in the company. And the only downside to him, you know, he's not that tall. That's it. So, you know, in NXT, he has a rough time. He gets a really bad injury. They stick him in commentary. And then whatever, he's doing commentary. He's doing a good job in that. They put him finally in the division. He starts having matches with Neville. It was actually the best part about uh, the Cruiserweight 205 Live. Oh, easily. The Cruiserweight Classic. It was well, actually entertaining. I'm a big fan of Jack Gallagher. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, Neville and Austin Aries actually had some pretty good matches. I mean, I would have liked to see Austin Aries win the belt from him, and then, you know, maybe Neville could have got it back, but they never gave him the belt. And uh looks like their feud ended, and then what he was going to do? He was going to be in the fucking comedy storyline with fucking Noam Dar or something? You think he deserves to be in a fucking comedy storyline? I mean, this guy's one of the best wrestlers in their company. How the hell is someone like gender no offense to my boy i think he's hilarious but i mean he is world champ or corbin's mr money in the bank and austin aries is going to do a comedy storyline on 205 live that no one watches and not just because it's not good or anything i mean the storylines are shit but they never give it a chance it's always on the pre-show it's always like the bathroom break kind of thing and the raw shows and yeah. there's not really any point to it and it just seems like so much filler and there's so many it's bottled up with superstars that we don't have a reason to care for. So, yeah, I mean, the guy asked to go, and I don't blame him. I'm happy they got to let him go. I mean, I just wonder, um, you know, because he was under contract, so I'm wondering if he can actually do TV somewhere else or if he's just stuck to the indies and can't do TV. I mean, I'd love to see where he ends up, maybe back in ROH. I mean, you know, but I think this is a better, um, better thing for him, and I think maybe what we're going to see happening now is Maybe more superstars are just going to say, you know, I don't like how I'm being used. I'm just going to leave because there's a lot of people who aren't being used, right? They're not showing up on TV, and they could be better somewhere else. Who are some of those guys you think would have that opportunity? I mean, Dillinger, I think he needs to leave. I'll be honest. He had a great time in NXT, and the guy didn't show up on SmackDown for almost like two months. Even Miz tweeted him. What's more, Miz tweeted Dillinger, I'm surprised by your disappearing act on SmackDown. I'd rate that a 10. I mean, come on, the guy hasn't been on TV, and you're telling me Dillinger can't be on TV on SmackDown? I mean, come on, the guy's the guy's more over than anyone, basically. At one point, he might have been one of the most over guys in the entire company, not just in NXT. And now he's kind of dying. He's not coming out to quite the reaction. I mean, he got one of the biggest pops in the Rumble. The guy's not doing anything. I mean, look at Balor. He wasn't even on the pay-per-view. He didn't even have a match. Yeah, so, I mean, I think... So what wasn't Elias Sampson supposed to be on the match? Or wasn't it supposed to be Balor and Sampson? Right, I thought that was going to be happen. But I guess but, they never uh, announced it. I guess it was just a vibe that I thought it was I mean, going it was to just happen. Like a storyline, yeah, and then, and then they never 
ever happened to him. But I mean, Finn Balor shouldn't be feuding with Elias Samson. No, he shouldn't. And and Finn Balor's just the odd man out, I guess, since uh, Bray's against Seth and Lesnar's versus Joe and Strowman has Reigns, so there's no one else really for Balor to feud with, I guess. So they just stuck him with Samson, and Samson's pretty good. I think he'll be. Uh, you know, maybe even in the main event one day, I think he has all the tools to get there, but I mean... He's not there yet. He's not there yet, and Balor, I mean, come on, Balor should be in the main event, and, and you know, he's not just, it's just not being used now, and it's just sad, there's, there's too much talent, they don't know how to book everyone all at once, and I mean, look at Joe, I mean, he's in the main event now, but at WrestleMania, he didn't have a match, he didn't have anyone to stick with. I think, just sat it out. I think the problem is that they rushed up way too much NXT talent around draft time you know when they had the draft when they had the shakeup and whatnot and well i mean and now you sit in a point where now you don't have spaces for these guys well yeah i mean look the club was probably one of the best uh tag teams in the world and the wwe signed them and you know that's exciting when they never did anything and they were booked really poor and they almost became a comedy act for a little bit and now they should finally showed up on tv last week but i mean so they don't. Sh- they haven't shown up that much, and you know the club was one of the best tag teams in the world, and just don't do anything now. And well, they beat the Hardys. Guys... They beat the Hardys on Monday. I think that was important yeah, that for was them. Yeah, surprising. But I mean, what, what have they done since before that? You know, I mean, they had their run as tag team titles, and then kind of got shook up a bit with the Hardys coming back. But I mean, yeah, they, they haven't really done anything, and those are two guys that are were two of the biggest guys in the world before coming. So I think there's a lot of guys that are just they came to WWE and they were expecting more and it didn't happen. And I think what WWE is doing is it's not even that they want to sign these guys. They just don't want other companies to have them. So like if they were to, I think they're just raiding talent from other companies just so those companies don't have any stars left. And the sad thing is, is that these companies are making all these stars and the WWE has a hard time producing their own stars. So when you look at a lot of the top guys they have, they're people that have been stars from other companies now that have built their legacy somewhere else and are coming into the company riding that wave that they had from another company so it's just kind of sad because these guys could be doing so much more and they're just trying to kill every other fucking promotion by just stealing their talent and then having them sit on the roster and do nothing yeah, i would disagree at that point i mean obviously when you look at aj styles you look at finn Balor, you look Samoa at shinsuke samoa joe those four guys i think you look at those guys and it's like Okay, obviously they had careers outside of WWE that were super important to where they are now, and that's why they're so big in the WWE. But I look at guys like Seth Rollins, Bray Wyatt, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose, who, you know, I wouldn't say anybody other than Seth is... I would say Roman's over just in a different way. He's not the face over. He's definitely the heel over. He's kind of the Cena-like over. Romans isn't over. He's been on TV so much that he has to get a reaction. Well, obviously, that's what I'm saying. He's in the Cena. He's in that Cena stratosphere. ROH, my boy Tyler Black was humongous. I guess that's true. You can't make him either. The only ones really are Bray and Roman because Dean was legendary in CSW as a hardcore wrestler. So even then, and then even then, I I feel like Ambrose and and, uh, not as not as much. I guess not as much Ambrose, but Wyatt's having a hard time connecting with the crowd. The guy comes out to crickets, and even when he wins, it's small pops, and no one really cares what he's doing. And he's gotten really stale. And and when he was in the main event, it felt awkward, and, you know, that's partly on the writing. But I, I guess it does come back to that. I mean, their writing sucks. They can't get anyone over. They have a hard time doing it. And their biggest stars and the people that people really want to see, like Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn, 
Nakamura, Samoa Joe, all these guys are from other companies that they built their legacy there. We want to see what they what they've done. Yeah, that's fair. Even, even even like Lesnar, it's the UFC really made him the superstar that he was. I mean, it's I would argue that he was a superstar was, before. He wasn't like a legend though. I mean, he was good in the WWE, but he wasn't. He was an undisputed he champion. The monster he was. He wasn't. He wasn't the superstar. He wasn't the guy back in the day. He was never the guy. I would argue. I mean, he did have moments where he was one of the. He guys. beat Kurt Angle at WrestleMania. He wasn't the guy. And then after his UFC run, I think that's where he became the guy. So even then, I feel like they're actual homegrown guys. At least now we're talking nowadays, anyway. It's not their own. It's not their own work. And then especially when you look around the world at the most popular things in the world right now. So like the way Lucha Underground is their thing, or the Broken gimmick, which was super over, the Bullet Club, or none of those things are in the WWE. They didn't come up with any of it. And those are the things that like the hardcore fans care about the most. They just have a hard time. So I think all those people, going back to what I said earlier, they're just going to get sick of how they're not being used. They're going to walk, and they should. I mean, look at Cody. Yeah, I think it's I think it's weird that I think some of the things that are most over in the WWE are the things that they obviously never meant to be over. I mean, I think that we talk about a lot is the fashion police and how entertaining, yeah, entertaining they are. I mean, they're really fun and they're really. I think the fans like them. Fashion Files is hilarious. Um, I thought uh, the well, Walker that's, Texas that's Ranger. They, thank God they gave it a chance. Yeah. Because I mean, they could have never given him a chance. That's true. You know, I think the Walker Texas Ranger thing yesterday was absolutely hilarious. The horse and it disappeared. Um, ghost I aliens. Mean, <laughs> I like seeing it, but at the same time, I'm worried it could get stale if they do it too much. And I, I think they're doing it a little too much that, you know, maybe they should save some stuff. Yeah, but I, I think my point is, is that the, the things that work in the WWE that they create are things that they probably didn't mean to get so big. Right, exactly. It's like the Lesnar-Joe feud. I don't think they expected that to be as good as it came out. Or like the build-up to that. I think they thought it'd be, you know, we'll just do this really quick, and then we're going to have Brock versus Roman anyway. So they just needed something to fill this pay-per-view, and I don't think they expected Brock-Joe to be this actually, be this fucking good. Which leads them to the point of where do they, what do they do for SummerSlam? Do they do it the way that they probably originally booked it, which is Lesnar, Roman, or do they let Samoa, Samoa Joe win again? What I would like to see them do, in all honesty, have Braun come back next week, ruin the Samoa Joe-Roman Reigns match, and just make it a f- fatal four-way at SummerSlam. Should Braun come back in a week? Yes. That kind of defeats the whole point of this pay-per-view then. I don't think it does because I think it shows what Braun Strowman is. I think if he comes back in a week, doesn't wrestle, he doesn't have to wrestle, but just come out, attack Roman, attack Samoa Joe, and then leave. I mean, the dude was on an ambulance, and we'll get to it. I don't think we're at you know the point of the show, but I'll, I'll touch on it a little bit. He, got, he was in an ambulance that got wrecked, and he walked away on his own power. Yeah, I didn't like it because of that. To give, to give him a week to be like I – mean, look, here's the thing about Braun Strowman that's been really amazing for me is that they've sold it to the point where he's basically invincible. And so why can't he come back next week, ruin that match? And I think a fatal four-way would be what everybody wants to see because 
look, the fact of the matter is Roman Reigns is the future. He deserves to be in that match. Brock Lesnar is the guy. He deserves to be in that match. Samoa Joe, I think, with the way people got excited about Brock Lesnar, Samoa Joe deserves to be in that match. And I could argue that nobody in the company is more over than Braun Strowman is right now, and he definitely deserves to be there. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. Let's get back to the card. Bray Wyatt, Seth Rollins, opens the show. I really yeah. liked this match. I mean, it was good. It was I a mean, good it match. The show. I'm not a fan of the story. I think it was kind of rushed together. I mean, it's just they need these two guys something to do. And it's just like every random it's just like every random feud Bray's had in the last like couple of years. We're just like, oh yeah, we'll stick him with this guy. And it doesn't really make sense, and you know, the, just have a feud. The the problem with Bray is that I don't the the thing that I think doesn't connect with fans is that his feuds never seem to have a linear starting point. Like, there's never a reason for him to doing it. Like, if he has a feud and he either whether he wins or loses the next day, he's on to a different guy. But it has no origin. There's no reason for it other than and him he just does the same rinse and repeat promo that he always does. Other than him just picking a superstar and being like, "Okay, you're next." Exactly, and it just seems like every feud's exactly the same. And I and really, it's hard for me to care, and I zone out whenever he's on the screen. Now, I think he's a good wrestler, though. I mean, he goes at one speed, and he has the same match every time. But I mean, most people do that too. I mean, he's all right. But I can only get so invested when his storylines have been garbage because they're the same exact feud every time. The same exact rinse and repeat promo. I guess, but you're also the guy who watches Impact Wrestling. It's good. Which has no personalities. There's not a single personality. It's good. It's not. I'm more, fan, I'm more of a fan of the sports, not but, the internet. But then you can't say that you are angry at promos in the WWE. Because they take up... It's like... I'll, we'll just get to the next one. It's like Enzo. He has amazing promos. He does. Why are all his promos 10 minutes long? Because he's hilarious. Like when he opens the show on Raw, it was like, a, I think it was almost eight minutes of just him talking. That's too long. That's way too long. That's it's fair. fine. It's good. But why not just have it three minutes? Like it's over five minutes. That's too much. Like you want to see him fight. Like you want to see more fighting, more in-ring action. But, but it's just too much. But you don't want to see Enzo fight. Well, that's another thing. <laughs> I mean, I mean that's look, the case the matter. And the big Cass Enzo thing, I don't know, dude. And <laughs> and the thing is, they had such a good, like, like the package video was good. Enzo cut a really good promo. And then he gets squashed. <laughs> and he got zero offense here. And he looked like a jobber. And, you know, I'm sure he's going to get sent to 205 or he'll manage someone. But his career is basically done. Like, he needed this team. And, and they're going to try with Cass, but I just don't see it. Like, Cass seems too generic for me. He, he doesn't really do anything that well. And he needed Enzo to be the guy who was backing him up. And, I mean, he's just a big guy, which is good. But, I mean, the, he's had a bunch of big guys who've, who've never turned out to be anything. And I'm, I'm happy he got a reaction because when he came out, he actually got a good amount of booze. But that's just heat because fans wanted to see the tag team. For, you know, they wanted How to long see does that last? Stick around. I think eventually, maybe, I don't, I mean, and and I'm rooting for the guy, I don't want him to be a failure, but I mean, I feel like the guy's just not going to catch heat anymore, and then he'll probably be a jobber, to be honest. The thing I I take from Cass is that he just seems like a more 
a more a less a less awe inspiring Undertaker at Kane. He's just a big guy. He throws big blows, but he doesn't have that presence about him that those two have. Yeah, he's just a big guy, and you know he's not that intimidating. And I'm telling you, he just seems too like I don't know what it is. He just seems too generic. Or too like, what's special about you? He's, because there's been a bunch of big guys. I know it's a seven foot tall thing, but I mean. There's been a lot of seven feet tall guys. Like that's not, that's not your. That can't be your only thing. Well, and also, not... I didn't like his theme music. His new theme is like kind of boring, and and the theme music can help people get over sometimes. I mean, you don't want your music to be more over than you. But his theme was boring, and he came out, and he's riding the heat from breaking the team. But that's not going to last forever. And if they don't book him well, he's going to be done. You've now and sent. I feel like I feel like he'll be out of the company within two years. You've now sent me. Like, Let me go I feel like in a little bit, if it doesn't catch on, he'll probably get redrafted to SmackDown. They'll try something else with him, and I guarantee you, I'm almost guaranteeing it. Within two years, he's out of the company. Hmm. You're going to send me down this tangent, and you've know I know you've heard me talk about this before. We're not on air, but bring back. The songs, actual theme songs, songs with words. Like, I mean, uh, I hate know. the instrumental songs. They don't get me. They, some are good. Some are good. And I think that, that well, I think the Nakamura some. Nakamura one. So, well, Nakamura's is amazing, but I think it has the violence. It has added things to it that are cool. But there are no, like, all the best songs in the WWE, whether you think of past or present. Have words. My favorite songs no, are Stone Cold. Come on, and that's one of the I don't. I'm not a big fan one. of Stone Cold song. I like the entrance, and again, I think the glass shatters. I see that's, that's but that's so a iconic. but that's a moment. That's a moment. That's not the whole song. That's a moment in the song. I think that's iconic. That moment is cool, but not the whole song. My favorite songs, like the ones that I'm like really excited for when a person walks in and like I get excited to listen to them when they're walking down the ring. And Michael Cole is just spouting a bunch of fucking nonsense. Are like Dolph Ziggler's and hell, I like Enzo's. I don't know any of the words he says because I really don't understand the guy. But it's hilarious. I mean, I think the most over theme might be Bobby Roode's. Glorious. Yeah, it's great. You know that. And, that. Okay, so like one, some and some of the instrumental ones I do like. Or like Samoa hey, Joe. Undertaker. Samoa Joe. Yeah, Joe. Samoa Joe's All right, so see, here's the thing. Undertaker's song, one, is not original. So you can't say that that's yeah, Undertaker's but it, but theme it song. Works. It works, but it only... I feel like Undertaker's entrance and theme what about works... Strowman? He just screams his own name. And then, <laughs> I think it's great. I think that one's good. So the thing about Undertaker's is that it also comes with all the added effects that go along with his entrance. Undertaker's entrance is awesome. I don't know that his song is awesome. What about Balor? I think he's got a great theme. No. You don't like the Balor theme? No. I don't know. I think I like the Balor theme. I think I like, like the Balor theme, but I like the prompts. I like the the wow, like that stuff and the lights. Again, I think they're when you yeah, add it's instrumental. It's good. But those are moments. They're the moments of the prompts to the yeah, songs. They're different. More, I don't I think, think that's the, more important than the actual song. I don't say I disagree. I like the songs. Like, I, like, there's some with lyrics that are garbage. 
Not, I mean, obviously there are always going to be bad ones, but I think of like like, like I don't know, both like of the club's theme. Randy Orton's themes. I've always been like huge to me. I don't me. like Randy Orton's themes. I'll be honest. Burning my light is like my favorite WWE song ever. It's good until I looked at the lyrics, and Randy was right. The lyrics are, are like something a ten-year-old would write. Who cares? So I think my boy was right. He didn't like the song. I don't either. After I realized what he was saying. I think voices is fine. No, nah, it's just annoying. Maybe it's because we've heard it so long. Uh, Jinder's the two. You know which one I the... like? I like Sami Zayn's theme. There you go. It's a nice. Scum. That one's cool. No lyrics. It kind I like of TJP's has. Theme. It TJP's kind of has lyrics. Awesome. Sammy's kind of has lyrics. It says, Let's go, and it doesn't count. No, I and mean, I like TJP's. The the people are singing. It's not lyrics, but it has it has human noises. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Um, I also like. Uh, fuck, I lost my train of thought. I, I like Alexa Bliss's theme. Sounds okay. The I, I think we've gotten way off tangent. Talked way that's, too much that's about. That's my favorite theme. <laughs> now that I think about it. And that's instrumental. You're done. I'm just not a fan of the instrumental. I think some of them work. I'm just not. It's so iconic. I just know. I'm not a like. I think the most important thing is the first couple notes because it's you got to pop. You have to pop. You have to know it's coming. You go, oh shit, that's nuts. Which is one of the reasons I really like Balor's theme too much because it kind of starts off like. Yeah. I don't know if that's what it sounds like, but... That's what I mean, it sounds like. I don't know about... You know which one I like a lot? Kevin Owens. It's like a pop, like when my boy comes out. <laughs> You're like, oh shit, it's my boy. I think Lesnar's one is cool. There you go. It's a nice <laughs> Yeah, I mean... What was that? That's what, that's what Lesnar's is. Yeah, it's iconic. You're like, oh shit. Yeah. I'm telling you, when it, it's got to have that, like, oh, like it has to have like the a, first it's three like seconds. A statement, like I'm here. The first three I'm, seconds are the, the most, most important, important thing. thing. Yeah, the first three seconds are the most important thing I'm to a song. Like Alexa's might be the best. That's why she's women's champ. But I think so. It's crazy. How much, time, how much time have we spent on music? Way too right, long. Let's keep going. Keep let's going. keep going. Uh, Cesaro, Sheamus versus the Hardy Boys, Iron Man match, the first ever Iron Man match in WWE tag team history. I know you have a problem with this just because you feel like every Iron Man match ends the same way. I would yeah, argue. I, I would have loved to have seen a blowout. Just see Cesaro and Sheamus. I thought it was like a good 5-0. match. I thought it was a good match because they were trailing by more than two falls, basically the entire match. Uh, fought back. I thought Jeff had some really cool spots. Um, and, 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 you know, Jeff Hardy, Jeff Hardy's my favorite wrestler of all time. Uh, he's always been somebody that has really drawn me into the, the sport. Um, and I thought he had some really amazing spots in here that were really awesome. The, I, I thought the twist of fate with two seconds left and not being able to get the pin off in time was cool. The last Ironman match that we had, I thought was the worst finish of all time because... It was the one where it was Sasha Banks. Where she had like two seconds where she, left. Where she had two seconds left. Her face was facing towards the clock and she tapped out. And I was like, you and see. the fans are chanting the time. Like nobody is tapping out with two seconds left. Break yeah. my back if you have to. I'm not tapping out. That was a joke. That was a really uh, horrible finish. Mean, but I'm, I was, was cool with this WWE one. Match. It was a good WWE tag team match. We'll just say that. 
I, I think know, so, and I like Cesaro and Sheamus as a team. I think they work the together are, really well. And the Hardys are closer to uh, being broken. So, you know, it's exciting. I just hope they actually do it. <laughs> we'll see what happens. Oh, man. Uh, I, I, you know what? I, I've really loved having Matt and Jeff back. And whether they do that or not, um, you know, having them back is, it. you know, I was watching um, just because I wanted to. I hadn't seen it yet. So I went back a couple nights ago and watched a Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast with Edge and Christian. And it brought me back to all those awesome TLC matches and all those stuff with the Dudley boys and Matt and them. Um, it's it's just good to have those guys back. I mean, obviously, you know, I'd love to have Christian and Edge still. But um, right. it's just good to have them back. Yeah, they're entertaining. Because this, this is their home, and as cool as what they did at Impact was, they they belong here. I mean, I just hope that, you know, they can uh, get the broken gimmick. Because the Hardy Boy, Team Extreme, I mean, it'll always be fun to see, but I really want to see, you know. Something different. I just want to see something different because, you know, I don't want it to become a Dudley Boys thing. Just no, like, they were okay, you know? they were bad the last like half a year that they were here. That <laughs> yeah. was that was hard to watch. It was bad. And my boy tried to pitch the bully Ray gimmick, but it doesn't work in a PG era. And while we're on that topic, you've seen Devon backstage now. He's he's replaced Finley. He's replaced Finley as the guy who comes out when somebody gets beaten up backstage. Well, I got and, a big pop when I see my boy Jamie Noble, who's hilarious. And you know those those like those like four guys like Jamie Noble, uh, Devon. De- I'm telling you, Finley has the best. Hey, we need some help. <laughs> he's the best one. He's like practiced that line so. I don't know why they all have the exact same line though. Genius? Like, why can't they say it any differently, you know, from one person to the next? They all say the exact same thing word for word. It's genius. I think Hornswoggle should become one of those people. Uh, I don't think so. I think that guy's already stolen enough money from the company. I think I should never be booked again. You were a big Hornswoggle fan back in the day. I was a little bastard fan. What a great that was a great storyline that was. I think we could I think we could go back and talk best storylines of that era because that's the era that we grew up watching. I like I like the little bastard. I love when he came out of the ring you're like Ooh, and Jay like little bastard and he'd throw him the shillelagh and I'm like oh shit. Once he became Hornswoggle and Finley had that awkward face gimmick and he was Vince's son and <laughs> oh boy enough of that. And what was he with three MB and oh my god. Just get the fuck off my TV. It ranks up there with, uh, it ranks up there with, um, I think obviously Vince McMahon blowing up. So, I mean, up. that was just, you know, come on. <laughs> the best storyline of all time. Could have been. Could have been. Until I found out that you know, the person who would have killed him, I think, was supposed to be Linda McMahon, and I don't know if that would have been interesting. To be honest, it probably would have been terrible. It's not as good <laughs> as your Baron Corbin. Martian. Oh well, that's storyline. you know that's something else. I'll have to save that for uh, another pod. Another pod. <laughs> Sasha Banks, Alexa Bliss. Um, it's uh, actually better than I thought it was going to be. It was. It was. I mean, so look, Alexa, obviously a heel count out, and I, I've never been a huge fan of that finish. I like it because it's gonna, you know, it'll work towards the next match, and I'm sure they're going to go again. But what I thought was going to, I thought it was going to be Alexa versus Nia at SummerSlam. So with Sasha losing by, or I guess Sasha winning by countout, I mean, I guess she's still in the conversation. 
So maybe we get the triple threat match. Is Nia ever going to win the championship? I don't know. I really don't know. She should. I mean, if she doesn't, she's kind of a joke. I keep. But then again, I don't. I don't know if she deserves to win it. I just keep thinking, oh, and like man. every one of her matches is the same. Either she's extremely dominant and she wins in three minutes, or she loses on a submission. And I, I just mean, I remember some of the like I remember when Tamina was first started and she was like literally dominant and she was actually good and like I don't think she ever won the title either but it's not like she ever lost in like you know stupid ways like Nia loses and and the big one that I always think about is Kong. Yeah, that was like how to do that correctly. She never lost. She was actually booked really strong. I mean, I'm, Nia just she's not very good. <laughs> She's not. And, uh, I don't know, her promos are really bad, too. And, I don't know, if they want to book her really strong, she's lost so many times now. To the exact uh, same move. She either loses to the bank statement or she gets put to sleep by Bailey. Well, I think, I think one of really the start of the end was when she lost to Sasha, I think leading up to WrestleMania. That same, I think it was the same show that um, Charlotte lost to, to Bailey. Mm-hmm. That was a really bad night for the women's division. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they built Nia up so much, and then she just lost to Sasha clean. So, I don't know. This match was better than I thought. I love Alexa's champ. Uh, Sasha was getting kind of stale for a little bit, and I was hoping for the heel turn to kind of reinvent the character. It's been surprisingly good. I'm not the biggest fan of her, but I mean... It's yeah, good in this feud, and uh, it's good for now. I love Sasha Banks, and I think uh, we'll uh, we'll put a teaser out here because I think you know we disagree on this one. Um, pod in a couple weeks about uh, WWE Hall of Famers on the active roster who will, who will make it, kind of projecting things. Obviously, there are some obvious ones when we talk about John Cena, Chris Jericho, but um, I think Sasha Banks is a future Hall of Famer, and I really like her. Um, I mean, she's only 25, so it's a good chance. But I think you're right. I think Alexa Bliss is the best woman in this company right now. I mean, she gets probably the biggest reaction. And uh, I don't know. I just, when I want to watch, I just want to watch whenever she's doing something. The promos are great. I think in the ring, she's good. And the fucking, uh, what was it? The arm thing, though, where she did the. Oh, that was gross. That was gross. Yeah, but the thing is, Cole's like screaming, I've never seen anything like this before. I mean, we saw it on SmackDown. Well, I guess he doesn't watch SmackDown. When she was on SmackDown, she did that. And I remember it. I was like, whoa, that's crazy. And I'm like, I, I can't believe she's double-jointed. I'm like, they really should have saved that for like a pay-per-view or like a big moment instead of just a random SmackDown. But I guess everyone forgot or didn't watch SmackDown that week because now I guess she ended up doing it again. See, I the commentary scream, team is screaming, we've never seen that before. I think she's double-jointing. I guess Sasha doesn't watch it either. And I mean, that's, <laughs> how many times can you do that? I mean, is Alexa going to do that in every match or, like, every pay-per-view? Like, so I didn't, I don't, I've I never don't seen that other SmackDown. You've never seen I, I, I never seen. saw that. So when it happened for me, one, and this is because I'm stupid, I thought she actually broke her arm. You got worked. And I got sick. All right, I don't want to hear anything about got worked. We all got worked for Seth Rollins going into WrestleMania. Yeah, but, I mean, you got worked. I mean, I saw it on SmackDown. And when I saw it the first time, maybe that's why this match would have been a lot better for me if it, 
if I'd never seen them before, but she did it on SmackDown. I was like, oh my god, I was screaming bloody murder. <laughs> well, see, the thing about me is that I, I can't see things like that. Like, I pass out. So, like, I had to put my head, like, in between my legs and, like, breathe. Yeah, it looked like a Paul George, like, uh, <laughs> fucking, you know? Yeah, like, it was gross. <laughs> I don't want to see that. It, and so, I mean, I guess it was cool. I just would prefer never to see things like that ever again. Even if I know it doesn't hurt her, like, it still, bo- it it still bothers me. It's still, yeah, it's not, yeah. Ugh. Your favorite guy, David, Dean Ambrose. He's boring. I think Ambrose and Rollins need to start teaming together. I, I think they're kind of hinting toward it. I think, obviously, if you watched Monday, um... I think they're hinting toward it, kind of bringing that Shield duo back. I think. Yeah, be, I mean they do that. And, and they've they done set it, it up that way. They set up the Shield reunion like that. And but they've just, been doing that for years now. I know, but if Rollins and Ambrose actually team together, it makes it a lot easier. And I think those two should. I think they're both getting a little stale. I mean, I don't know what the hell the Rollins WWE 2K thing is. I don't know what the hell's going on. <laughs> I like that and, commercial. Uh, it's funny. I mean, did you see the angle one? The angle one is hilarious. He looks like... It's just like, what the hell's going on? I mean, it seems like you're watching like a Marvel movie. <laughs> and then I'm like, this is crazy. I don't know. But like, I thought Rollins a face. Why is he burning the company down? doesn't make any sense. He is face. You know, he definitely is face. Um, he's not burning the company down. I think he's burning down... He's burning the archives. He's burning down. I think he, so. I, I've, perve- I've perceived it as he's burning down things of past legends, so that he can I, become the greatest of all time. I just don't like it. Not a fan. They should have just put Angle on the cover. I don't want to see Angle on the cover. He's already a pre-order bonus. Should just put him on the cover. So. I'd rather have Angle. Quick question: Does Kurt Angle wrestle? Absolutely. You think it happens? I think it's coming. I think since he's a pre-order character, it's going to happen. One match. Who do you want to see? You know, I feel like it's going to be Rollins with Angle. I don't know if I want to see that. Uh, I don't think it's going to be Rollins. I'd like to see Angle Cena one more time. Um, See, I think that's what it's going to be because I think that that allows Cena to do the free agent thing. Right, I mean, it's his first match in the WWE. It would be great. I like it. Um, I mean, we'll have to see what happens with the storyline this Monday. I don't know what the hell it's going to be. Uh, you know, it could be he's having an affair with Stephanie McMahon. It could be Chad Gable's his illegitimate son. I mean, I don't know what the hell it is. Maybe Hornswoggle will be his illegitimate son. No. God, no. <laughs> um, Angle, wow. I mean, there's a lot of guys I'd like to see. I think I'd like to see Angle Gable. No. <laughs> if Gable wasn't booked as a jobber, he's too low on the card for him for Angle to have a huge comeback retirement match with. I'm just not, no. Absolutely <laughs> not. I think it'd be interesting. I'm not sure that it'd be great, but it'd be interesting. And obviously, two Olympians. Maybe even Miz. Miz is good. I don't want to see the Miz fake Kurt Miz Angle. Miz with Angle. 
I like it. Miz would lose that. I, if I, if Angle's coming back for one match, I want to see him have one clean match. And the Miz hasn't won a clean match since 2013. He's genius. He's a good heel. He's a good heel. He's the best heel. I'm not saying he's a bad heel, but I'm saying if Kurt Angle only gets That's one... That's how heels win. Your heels aren't supposed to come out to the biggest pops. Your heels aren't supposed to be the most cheered persons. They're not supposed to do top rope moves. They're not supposed to play to the audience. And the fans are chanting them to do these moves, and they do it. That's not what a heel is. You're supposed to be booed out of the building and cheat like The Miz. Well, I'm not saying The Miz isn't isn't He's a good heel. What he does. He's the He's best the heel. He's the most valuable asset they have, to be honest. He's the only star they really created. That's actually on their card, wrestling all the time. John Cena? He's a part-timer. He's not a part-timer. I don't care what he says. He's trash. He's Fuck the, him. He's the greatest of all time. Yeah, he is. But I'm just saying, right now, out of stars that they've built, that are wrestling week in and week out, the Miz. Roman Reigns. Amazing. The greatest heel. Roman's trash. Roman's my favorite superstar. I'll tell you what's trash about Roman. Monday, when he's going back and forth with Lesnar, and Lesnar's just like robotically saying his words back at him. Then comes Joe. And Joe and Lesnar start getting heated and animated and jumping up and down and moving their hands, and then they fucking headbutt each other, fucking face to face and spitting. And Lesnar's like fucking pink, he's fucking so mad. And meanwhile, where's Roman? He's just standing in the corner. To be in the match, he can barely hear him. A fucking pussy shriveled up his fucking balls. He's fucking garbage. And everyone's seeing why Samoa Joe deserves to be in the main event because we all knew he was just fucking good. And for the people that didn't watch NXT, for the people that didn't watch TNA or Ring of Honor, we all knew he was this fucking good. And he's still in the fucking spotlight. And then Roman's up there. <laughs> fucking little pussy. He's fucking garbage. He's robotic trash. I've seen enough of him. And he doesn't deserve to be in the main event. At well, he, all. He's fucking job the Strowman. I don't care if he beat the Taker. That was years ago. It was like cares? A, it was two, three months ago. Years ago. <laughs> he's fucking job the Strowman. It was in April. He's jobbing the Strowman. Strowman's the most Strowman, Strowman's most over person in the he WWE right now. Joe. He hasn't even beaten Joe. Why should he be in that match? He hasn't been in Lesnar. Because he's the future of the company. No. He's garbage is what he is. He's brought him the D to the lowest ratings of all time. I don't think he... the company's going to go under. (laughs) The company needs to realize the casual fan isn't watching anymore. They've lost it. And the only people who are watching are the diehards. We're the only ones that have stuck around. When you look at the demographics, no one kid is watching this show anymore. So fuck the PG era. The biggest majority is the 18 and up demographic which is retention viewers they've kept from the attitude era from the ruthless aggression era those are your diehards they've stuck through with the product and will never give up on it so why do you treat us like shit and force us pg kid garbage and shove trash you're shoving trash i mean i'm all for pg-13 wwe just go all the way just because i want to see blood again and i know we get tired of the style i know we get the the wwe style and you get the random blood, but you got to get the cutaways. 
and it's you just can't do it. And there's no cutting anymore. There's no blading. And I don't even need the blood. I just I'm getting tired of the WWE style where you do a headlock and it's slow, and you do the other fucking ah, and the comeback. And... the worst. It's the worst. I mean, the indie style draws draws so well. And when you see the best matches of the year, the ones that are wrestling that NXT from NXT, they're incorporating the indie style to it. And then sometimes, you know, you put a little WWE style into it, and it's fine. And I think Cody's done a good job of that with what he's doing in the independence right now. But I mean, this WWE style, people don't really want to see it. It's boring. It's just, it's a new age. And, and you know, maybe it does look more fake. And it does look like a video game or anime. But I mean, that's more entertaining. And your hardcore fans are the only ones watching the product. So you might as well just give them what they want. Just give them that. And that's fair. What are your thoughts on this ambulance match? Uh, obviously, was... obviously, the, the, the big thing was Samoa Joe and Brock Lesnar, but this obviously stole the show. This stole the show, which is sad, because the whole pay-per-view was built up for Lesnar Joe. And this match should have probably gone on last. And, you know, because we walked away, everyone was talking about, well, this man attempted murder. <laughs> and the, pay-per-view, the main event didn't really matter. And this should have been really the main event. Um... You know, it was a good match. Some pretty crazy spots. I mean, uh, you know, this felt like an Attitude Era kind of segment. It did. I mean, because Attitude Era loved blowing up cars and running people over and killing people. And it felt like they took a page out of that. And, you know, maybe they want to appeal to that. And that's good, especially in the PG era. Um, You know, but uh, the pay-per-view was decent. For me, I didn't really like the ambulance, uh, you know, the, the, the ambulance spot at the end. It's a stunt. It's not even a spot. It's a stunt. And the whole pay-per-view was for a stunt. But essentially, it was to build up to a stunt. It's not like the rest of the match was card was bad. It was just very, you know, it was all right. It was good. It was all right, you know. Like the Wyatt-Rollins match was all right. Neville Tazar was all right. Uh, Cesaro, the tag match was actually pretty good. It was. This match was pretty good. Ms. Ambrose, you know, it was, it was all right. It was good. I mean, nothing on the pay-per-view was actually awful. No. And the, and the big... cast, and so the thing is, like, I understand why that happened. So I can't even say it's awful. Because at the same time, it makes sense. should Enzo have any offense against Cass in the first place no. and beat him? You shouldn't. So, I mean, I can't really, you know, like, whatever. And whatever. So I can't really say anything on this card was bad, but I don't know if it was really, really good. I mean, I think the whole pay-per-view comes down to whether you like that stunt of the ambulance crashing. And to be honest, I still don't know how I feel about it because Kurt Angle is yelling at Roman, but why didn't he suspend him? And why does he have a chance to be a first number one contender? I mean, if he's mad about him attempting murder on Strowman, what's (laughs) going on here? And is Strowman going to return as a baby face? Well, I think the thing... He almost has to now. The man almost got murdered. I think the thing about... That is, I think, actually, and the reason why I have no problem with that is because I think Roman explained it pretty well on Monday. Because I think there's truth to the fact that Kurt Angle hasn't handled Braun Strowman at all. Right. But I think that's just playing into whatever storyline is coming with Angle. I mean, fine. And that's, that, I'm okay with that, too. But what I'm saying is I think it makes sense to not suspend him because deep down, Angle knows that Roman's right. Well, I mean, look, and it's look, WWE, and, and when people get, uh, you know, when people, they don't arrest anyone for attempting murder. So, I mean, he can only do so I mean, much. Our favorite segment of all time, 
is Triple H breaking into Randy Orton's home. Yeah, that's hilarious. With a sledgehammer. They actually get arrested for that. <laughs> they actually, they do arrest people once in a while, like Vince and stuff. But I mean, yeah, maybe you should have just arrested him. Would have added to it. Would have got a huge pop from the fans. <laughs> Cops showed up and arrested Roman. Would have been crazy. Didn't Triple H get arrested a year or two ago? Or Stephanie uh, McMahon? Yeah, Stephanie. Well, yeah, something like that. Because she slapped remember. somebody and they arrested her she for assault. She slapped a Bella. Right. Uh, she was a friend. She had the ticket. I think we were at that show, weren't we? That was a long time ago. No, we weren't at that show. I think we, we watched that show? one together. I don't remember. The last show we went to, Brock Lesnar was on Monday Night Raw for the first time he in returned. like three yeah, years. He returned. Yeah. Well, he had returned from beating the Undertaker at Mania. Yes. It was crazy. It was the first time he had been on Raw in like three years. I mean, it was yeah. a great show. There was no Cena. It was great. I don't know why you're so anti-Cena. It was a great show. Great show. Loved it. And there was that really cool Shield match and the Dark match. I think that was the one where Stephanie got arrested. I think we saw that a lot. We're not arrested, but I remember her slapping Brie Bella. I think I did. It wasn't Nikki. I don't know. It was a blur. It wasn't that good. So I liked the I liked the ambulance spot simply because I think, obviously, the stunt. The stunt. <laughs> sure, the stunt. I think I think it gives. I think it obviously strengthens Roman. To the point where it's like, okay, look, he's willing to do this stuff now. Yeah, just have him turn heel. I, I think if Roman turned heel, it would be the best thing for the company. Just I, have him turn heel. I just don't know. And call up the Authors of Pain to be his enforcers. Or the Ooses. Just switch them. No, they're doing fine by themselves. Yeah. You, your your, recent, the your recent change... In your opinion of the Usos is amazing. Because you've never liked them. They got me over. They, they won me over with the rap battle. And a lot of they people got, will say that that segment was horrible. We loved it. I mean, look. This is sports entertainment. And they're going all in on the entertainment. And, you know, a lot of the stuff that New Day does I don't really like. This is just a joke. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm a fan of the Attitude Era. I'm a fan of the serious... You know, or even not even serious. I like that raunchy. Stuff. I like ruthless aggression more than I like Attitude Era. But I mean, look at this. Sometimes you watch SmackDown, and I mean, you're coming out to a bunch of men gyrating their hips. <laughs> I mean, Ziggler will come out and he'll do it in a match, and then you have the New Day doing it, and then you have Brizongo. And I mean, I kind of like all those guys, but I mean, it's it's a little too much. It's a little too much. You know. I liked the rap battle. That was good. It was, you know, like, it got me over. But I think, you know, maybe Roman having a couple of enforcers with him, making it, especially, like, the all the pain, like, kind of, like, badass, is going to be kind of cool, I don't know. And he just needs to turn full heel. I don't know what they're doing with and I, and I think Strowman being able to walk away from that is huge for him because I think it keeps up the whole, his invincibility thing. He's a monster. Yeah, I mean, my coolest spot in that match, other than that stunt, was when Roman speared him through the LED board and and Roman looks over and he's like, "What do I gotta do to beat this?" He's guy? he's basically Demon King Finn Balor crawling out of the LED board. He's just looking like, "What do I gotta do against this guy?" Because I don't think there Strowman's is a, the only good part of Raw. I don't think there is a way to beat him, especially now if you literally throw him in an ambulance, crash him into a trailer, and he walks away from it. 
I mean, I want to see Strowman beat Lesnar. Just go all the way. Push this guy to the moon. He's the star. I think he is the star. I think, and again, I think he's the most over person in the company right now. Like, like I understand. I don't want to see Balor beat Lesnar just because it doesn't make any sense and he doesn't deserve beating him in kayfabe wise. I think Strowman makes sense beating Lesnar and be crazy. And I think Lesnar gives him a lot and lets him do what he wants to him and push this guy to the moon and let Strowman be champion. nuts. I think Strowman and Joe can both beat Lesnar. And people it say that makes sense. I think Roman could. Just because we still uh, haven't seen that match end since WrestleMania 31. I mean, he got. This looked like a bitch. But he was coming back. He was going to win that match if Seth doesn't cash in. Like, the last two That's minutes of Roman, the last two minutes of Roman was, like, Roman dominating. Only because Lesnar got right into the post. So and once he ran into the post, he's busted wide open. And then Roman got the offense in. But, I mean, then again, look how Lesnar beat Joe. He looked like he was going to get fucking put to sleep. Yeah. I mean, Lesnar is... I fucking, I fucking love the Lesnar turning purple, by the way. It's amazing. <laughs> well, so here's my thing. There's no way that Joe doesn't actually lock that in. With the way people's face changes colors, you can't change colors like that. Like, I mean, you can fucking see his fat-ass arm. There's still mad room. He's not even putting any pressure onto it sometimes. I'm just like, come on. But you can't fake that color. Maybe not. Maybe he's just holding his breath or something. You can't hold Lesnar your breath. Just, you can't hold your breath Lesnar for that just long. just makes it amazing. He just fucking turned it purple. I'm like, what is going on? <laughs> it, like it. It's a shade of human I've never seen before. Um, before we get to that match, break it down. Uh, I know you're really happy for Heath Slater. Yeah, my boy. Well, I've argued that when it's all said and done, 3MB will go down as bigger stars than the Shield. It's, hor- it's a horrible take. It's happen all right so here's the thing one this is ginger mahal's only title reign he's not winning it again after this i mean according to him he's already the greatest wwe champion i don't ca- every every champion says that he's the greatest of all time so that's one title Heath slater is never going to win the world title so then you're leaving it up to drew mcintyre who not going to happen. So already Roman Reigns has more titles and by Drew himself. McIntyre is coming up on NXT. I could see him being NXT champion soon. Fine, but Roman Reigns is going to have more titles than all three of them combined. I mean, Slater's a four-time tag champ. So. The Shield is a one-time tag champ. I'm just saying, don't sleep on my boy. Dean Ambrose is a, what, two-time U.S. title? It doesn't, no, 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 it doesn't matter. I'm just saying when it's all said and done, watch. 3MB. Seth's an Intercontinental history. Champion. Dean's a two-time Intercontinental Champion. Seth's a it's, WWE I mean, Champion. Yeah, they're all been WWE Champion. I'm just saying, when it's all said and done, when it's all been done at the end of the day... My thing is that if all three of them have won the WWE Championship and you know Heath Slater's never going to win the WWE Championship, it's impossible. It's never going to happen. How do you know he doesn't win Money in the Bank next year? He's not going to. I could see it. He's got kids. I could see him winning Money in the Bank next year. No. He won't even be in the Money in the Bank match. I can see him winning it. No. The more I think about it, I can see him winning it. I think Ty Dillinger wins Money in the Bank next year. That makes too much sense. Why would they do that? Why not? You have to think this is the WWE. It's not supposed to make sense. Bo Dallas wins Money in the Bank next year. When's Jinder WWE champ? It doesn't make any sense. Bo Dallas. 
He's not winning. <laughs> he's trash. And he looks like a fucking joke in that outfit he wears now. I don't know what the fuck he's doing. Looks like a... I like it. I'm not a fan. He looks like a fucking joke. He looks like a motorcycle rider. He's a fucking clown. Alright, main event. Lesnar, Joe. Six minutes long. 6.25 to the official count. Yeah, I thought it was a fantastic six-and-a-half-minute match. Wasn't a fan of the finish. I know you're not a fan of the finish either. It takes one F5 in jobs. <laughs> but I thought leading up to that before the final five seconds, there were a lot of spots I never knew who was going to win. And then really, more than anything, when it comes down to a match, that's the only thing I ever ask for, is I don't want to know who wins three minutes into the match. Because a lot of the times in the WWE, either the heel dominates for the first three minutes, and then you know the comeback is coming, and then the face the wins. Shine, and then, yeah, and then, then the face the wins, or somebody dominates. There are very few matches in the WWE where throughout it you're like, man, I have no idea who's going to win this thing, and this was one of those matches. They're basically stealing the UFC kind of style, where it's like short and like fast-paced. There's a lot going on back and forth. I mean, I guess ideally how a UFC fight would be, so it was like that. Kind of reminded me of um, the Goldberg match of Mania. It was just like quick, but it's fast paced. There's a lot going on. And it, it has that big fight main event feel. And, you know, it's exciting and you want to see what happens. And, uh, you know, I thought Brock might have actually lost. I agree. It's I crazy just... because leading up to this, I, wouldn't, I was not expecting Brock to lose the belt at all. And especially when they say, oh, Brock Lesnar's coming back and his first match is going to be a you know, this paper, yeah, I don't want to call it by its name, but uh, <laughs> I didn't think he was going to drop the belt, and, and they got me, I was, I got worked, I'm like, wow, I think Joe's actually going to win, it's crazy, and I'm just sad, because it's been such a good program these two have had, and the finish is only going to, it's this, this finish is going to bother me more if Joe's not getting his, another rematch at SummerSlam, like, if he just loses to Roman, and that's it, he's not in this, and he's not going to get another shot, then this finish is going to bother me a lot because he's fucking killed it. He's done so good in this this uh, thing he's been doing with Lesnar. And if he just takes one F5, gets pinned, that's it. He's never in the main event again. It's really going to suck. I think I'm Samoa Joe should be one of the people who can kick out of a, kick out of a, a F5. He and the reason I say that F5. is because a 48-year-old Undertaker kicked out of three of them. Right. Exactly. And he was half concussed. That's his own thing. I mean, that fucking match was trash. He had no brain. And he kicked out of three F5s. Trash. I have to imagine that he was supposed to get pinned after the second one, but his concussion... It was just fucking trash. That match was He had no idea what he, what or what not he was supposed to kick out of. It's fucking one in the morning. I'm just like, just end this shit already. That match did not go until one in the morning. I felt like it was one in the morning. It was not. The show ended at midnight. You sure? Yes. You make this claim that that WrestleMania was eight hours long. It was not it eight was. hours long. It was eight. It was not. You know what eight. they should do? They should do what New Japan did. They should do uh, a Saturday show and a Sunday show, and that way you get a little both days, and you know you don't feel exhausted after one long day, and it works better. I'm a fan of that style doing it, at least for Mania. There's too much to have. So I, I want to see Joe and Lesnar again, but I think it'll end up... What I want to see is the Fatal 4-Way. If I had to guess, I think that's how it, what happens. 
I mean, I hope so, but we'll just have to see what happens as for the match itself. You know, like I said, that big match feel, just two beasts going at it, this one. I mean, that's a WWE I want to see. I think that's what they should push more. If I want to see smaller guys doing the flips, I'm going to go watch the other company, which I do enjoy. But I think WWE is good when it's like this. There's two heavyweight beasts, have that big fight feel. Almost convinces you it's a real fight, and it's fun. It's fun to watch. But just, you know... Joe losing just left a little sour taste in my mouth, and at the same time, it was overshadowed by the ambulance stunt. So, yeah. All right, so the aftermath of it, we've now gotten a chance to digest Raw, digest SmackDown. What were the things that stuck out to you about those two shows in the, in the wake of Great Balls of Fire? I know SmackDown. I know it's a Raw pay-per-view, so SmackDown really doesn't have that much to it. But some of the things that you liked you know, seeing from those two shows in the aftermath of the pay-per-view. I'm surprised they're going into the Roman um, Lesnar thing so quick. I thought maybe they would have, SummerSlam's a long time away, I thought maybe they would have given more time for that. I guess they're going to go into it early. Maybe not even that early because next week is the number one contendership. But I mean, I I just think for sure Roman's going to be in that match somehow. So, I don't know. I would like so my thing is, I don't think that match ends. Thing. So I do not think there will be a number one contender next Monday. Maybe. But I mean, Roman going straight for Lesnar so quick, I don't know. I, I mean, don't know. I would have liked to see some more with Strowman. I mean, to be I fair, he announced that there. he was the number one contender weeks before Great Balls no, of Fire. I don't, I don't like that, though. I don't like that. You shouldn't be able to just announce whatever you want. It's his yard. I mean, I'm, like when Cena did it, I was, I was like, I don't know if you can just announce that. <laughs> Roman, okay, I mean, he beat The Undertaker. I could have beat that Undertaker at WrestleMania. Good job. <laughs> it was couldn't even walk. One of the sadder performances in WWE history. You couldn't <laughs> walk. I could beat him. Um, one of the things I really like, I, I don't know, I, I, I believe in Cass more than you do. He's out of the company within two years. And so I, I enjoyed his promo to start the I've show. I've seen this before. I've seen it before. There's been a bunch I, I, of guys. I think it's possible. And again, My like boy I said. Nathan Jones. 6'11", huge dude, MMA background. Undertaker's protege. Fucking was supposed to tag with Undertaker and Mania. And they're like, you know what? This guy isn't very good. He's boring. He's just, you know, it's not a vanilla midget. He's a vanilla giant. Same with Cass. We'll be out of the company within two years. There's another big man they signed. They didn't become anything. This dude's boring. His theme's boring. Once the heat's gone from this tag team thing, it's over. And I don't want to see him feud with the big show. I'm sorry. It's not what he needs. <laughs> I'm kind of tired of the big show. I think everyone is. And we really want to see Cat's show. You know how boring that's going to be? <laughs> and show's trying his best, but I mean, that's a feud no one wants to see. Show's just old, and I know he's in really good. Sh- he got himself into really good shape now. But They're really- making a huge mistake by having his feud be with Show. They're making a huge mistake. I would have liked to see Enzo attack Cass and do it one more time and have a more competitive match. Maybe, but I mean, even then, I don't know. I think he needs someone more that can bring him up more. I mean, he, maybe that's after Show, but that might be a little too late. I think Enzo wins the cruiserweight title at Mania. Absolutely not. The guy's been booked like a joke. I mean, think about the Rumble. 
where he gets fucking thrown out, almost Santino-esque. And the guy's been booked like a joke. Dude's been put to sleep multiple times. <laughs> He's looked bitch-made. He's been a fucking joke. It's gonna take a lot to have the fucking fan base actually... Actually, then, I don't know, because Jinder was a jobber his whole career, and then fucking... He comes into the WWE, and... So, yeah, I think he's been a good champion. He's been good, but I mean, yeah. I know you're not excited about the Punjabi yeah. prison match. I don't understand. Well, I'm not because those two matches were shit. I don't. And you well, can say it was because the Kali was Kali was it. It was because of Kali. Well, it was shit. Well, I mean, here's the thing: you can't have a match. You can't have a match in which you have to climb out of a prison or climb out of these steel enforced bamboo mackle. It doesn't make any sense what the fuck is stealing force bamboo. It's fucking cancer. The <laughs> only good spot out of either of those was when Batista jumped from one cage to the other cage and skipped having to climb by doing that. It was nuts. Well, let's see, that's the thing. That is Batista's athletic. And the thing why I, don't, why I don't agree with you is because you have to climb out of the bamboo. Great Khali cannot climb. It makes no sense for Great Khali to create a match in which he cannot win. Because he cannot Why climb. Why Jinder won a Punjabi prison match? Because he's Indian. the dudes won... No. Because <laughs> the dudes won all of his matches with the Singh brothers. So why would he choose this match when the Singh brothers are locked down and can't help him? And I know they're going to find a way to help him. But I mean, what the hell's the point? Of, you'd think Randy would the, be, be the one who would want make him... You know, think about it realistically. Randy would want a cage match because then the Singh brothers can't interfere, and he can. Well, to be fair, the Singh brothers really have not helped Jinder win any match. What are you talking about? They haven't. Randy's have to fucking destroy them outside the ring. But that's the thing. It's like, but that's the thing. It hasn't been like they've like cheated the ref or anything like that. They've like stood up to the top of the ring. And then he's like, been like, okay, fuck this. He runs out there. He puts them through a table, and then he walks back in the ring and fights Jinder. And he's lost. That's true. He's lost. He just, like, on looks his... him up straight in the eye, and then he just gets fucking and then, lost. And then he's lost on his own, not by the Singh brothers helping Jinder. It's just that Randy has taken them out, and then he's lost. I guess yeah, that's basically it. I mean, still. Well, no, there's been times where they've put his foot on the rope. They've dragged him out. So I mean, every Randy heel does that. Pain. Yeah, I mean, they're helping him win. What I'm saying is I, th- I like it, and I think I think Ginger looked really strong on Tuesday. Yeah, the dude's been booked well. I mean, they made a star out of nothing. I don't know if he's a star yet. I mean, yeah, he's a star, yeah. I like his entrance. They look, make him look the, like a star. The basically. Tupac lyrics in Punjabi? That's what it is. Apparently that Punjabi artist just steals Tupac songs. <laughs> and, uh, you know, translates into Punjabi. He's made a career out of that. That's a good hustle. He's finessed a career. I wish I could do that. All right, David. I know you've been really excited to announce this new part of the show, how we're going to finish off the show from here on out. I'm very excited. I'm going to let you introduce it. Well, man, I don't know what else to say, but besides, let's go to the mailbag. <laughs> If you ever have any questions for us at the mailback, uh, you can email us at goldenshovelpod at gmail.com. Um, the first question for this week's podcast comes from Nick from Austin, Texas. Do we really need another Rusev Cena feud about patriotism? Uh, no, we don't. I don't want to see a 
flag match. I mean, that's a little ridiculous. Um, yeah, I really don't want to see a flag match. And I've seen it too many times. I mean, I like the thing Cena's doing with AJ. That was pretty cool. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't really want to see Rusev. I mean, I like Rusev a lot. And I would have loved to have seen Rusev come back as a face and call out Jinder since they had their, like, team or whatever, like, pre-Mania, and then they, like, kind of turned on each other. I mean, that would have been cool. Something new. All right, so it's really... I, think, I think fans want to see Rusev get that main event push. And one, I really love Cena Styles teaming together Tuesday. Um, I think it made Cena look really good in ring, and obviously I think it gives a huge amount of credibility to AJ Styles to wrestle alongside John Cena, even though I don't think AJ needs any more credibility, but you know what I'm saying. I mean, it's just two fan bases almost, like two backgrounds like coming together. It's just cool. Um, the thing I don't like about Rusev coming back is that they never so like obviously they're on the same show, but like Lana doesn't isn't with him anymore now. She's her own it's, singles it's, computer. Yeah, but they never yeah. they never explained what happened or why that happened. Well Lana's already been buried out of her fucking mind. Well, I mean we all saw that so coming. Hard. We saw that coming. She got fucking pinned in a few seconds, twice, back to back as a joke. Hey, she got her shoulder up on one of them. I mean, it's a fucking joke. I'm not a fan of how they go through. What was even the point of that? They couldn't fucking call anyone up to fucking feud with her? I mean, come on. It's a fucking joke. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge fan of the way Lana's been booked. I'm honestly not a huge fan of anything about her character. She came out to one of the biggest pops I've ever heard a female superstar get recently. She came out to a huge pop, and she was so over. And now, people don't even care anymore. They've already ruined her. It's but, crazy. But my thing is, is, did they ever have a chance? What do you mean? Because when she was getting those pops, she was obviously a very attractive manager. Yeah. I don't know that. I don't know that any way they could have booked her was going to make a difference. Because I just don't think I mean, that she she's a good. She's not a good enough wrestler. She's not a good enough wrestler. I mean, she got put in a hard spot. It's not her fault. They stuck her there. Shouldn't have put her there. But she's been she training for it, so it's not that you can't say that it, this is something that she wanted. I just don't think she's good enough. I mean, yeah, but so are all these people in NXT that are really good. So it's, ultimately, it is her fault. No, because it's they shouldn't. Have, it's they shouldn't no, no. I say that position. because I say that because I look at it, and she came to the development center around the same time Alexa Bliss did, and they both had never wrestled before they got there. I guess. And look at what Alexa Bliss has done in that exact same time that Lana has. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, there's people who have been doing it even longer that are ready to go. And that, that's just my only thought, is that you can't make an excuse for Lana not being ready when Alexa Bliss has already won two WWE Yeah, Women's but at the same time, she's been a manager for the longest time. It's not like she's been in the ring. But she's been training. Working, I guess, but being in the ring. Alexa was a manager for a long ring. time. She was genius. In NXT. She's genius. My boy Murphy doesn't deserve it. But yeah. <laughs> All right. Question number two from the mailbag this week comes from Adam from Richmond, Virginia. And this kind of harkens back to what we were talking about earlier. Can and does Brock Lesnar need to have more than a 10-minute match anymore? Uh, no. I don't I think, think so. Maybe it should be saved for, you know, something special. He doesn't really need to. I mean, I would like to see more of a difference. I don't really like the suplex, suplex, suplex pin. 
Um, but usually his matches are fun and exciting. I mean, they don't have to be long. I mean, even think about uh, last year, uh, Randy versus Lesnar, when the dude fucking tagged him for real and fucking busted him open. It was nuts. He doesn't need to have long matches. I mean, it's, it's what it is. I mean, does he need to show up every week too? I mean, yeah, probably. But I mean, that's just, just how it's going to be, you know? That's how they're booking him. I don't think he needs to show up every week. I think he's big enough to the point now where... I mean, I think the champ should show up. I think the champ should show up every week, but I think he gets an exception just because it's Brock Lesnar. Outside of our universe, outside of the wrestling universe, you know who Brock Lesnar is. I'm not saying it should be like that, that. but I'm saying it's okay to me. Now, I'd like to see him... Fight every week. I'd like to show... I'd like to see him more than once every two months... Like we I mean, just the dude did. finally showed up after three months. That's a joke. That shouldn't happen. And then the worst part is there's no talk about the championship while he's not there. It's like there wasn't a world title belt on the show, and that's a problem. Because yeah. that should be the point of the show is everyone should want to win that belt. And there's no mention of it, and there's no mention of Lesnar. That's, that's not very good. I think in, in this instance, though, it was really good for the United States Championship. I know you're not a fan of that title, but it forced it to be the only title that anybody could compete for other than the tag team championships on that brand. And look at who's carried it. I mean, Kevin Owens and AJ Styles now. Uh, You mean the Intercontinental or the U.S.? The U.S. It was good for that title because... Oh, I guess you are right. U.S. is on SmackDown. My bad. So the Intercontinental. It's been trashed. Well, it only had Miz be champion for so long. Ambrose has held it for months. Yeah. It's been trash. Fair enough. It's been forgettable. There hasn't been a belt on the show for months. <laughs> That's why it's been hard to watch. That's my mistake. You know, for some reason I thought the, U- the, the U.S. title was on Raw. I mean, it was. It was. That's when my fault. When Intercontinental Bell was on SmackDown, it was actually good. Yeah, that's my fault. Ziggler Miz had the best feud of the year. Before we go to the and last, then, before we go to the last question, thoughts on AJ Styles winning the championship at a live event? I don't like it. Stupid, dumb. I'm okay with it just because it was Madison Bad. Square Garden. That's my problem with it. I think big things should happen at Madison Square Garden. I mean, the idea is anything can happen at a house show, but if you go to a show in Nashville, Tennessee. Is the title going to change? No. No. Uh, you know, it's going to change at MSG. It's going to change at Staples Center. It's going to change at the big, huge arenas, big landmark location, big cities. I mean, maybe there's a chance in Miami here, but I mean, I, I think like the average guy, like let's say they do the random show at fucking uh, where our buddy Nick's from. Thank you, Nick, for writing in. Austin, Texas. I don't know if the title's going to change hands there. I don't know if it's going to change anywhere. That's not a huge market, so that's why I think it's kind of dumb to even have that in the first place. I mean, I guess that's what they were trying to do, is that anything can happen in a live event. But really, let's be honest, anything can happen in a live event for a big market city like MSG. That's why I'm not really a fan of that. And uh, I'm glad AJ's champ. Maybe they just wanted to speed up the storyline. I'm not sure. I was worried it was because KO got injured or something, but dude's fine, so I don't know. Just not a big fan of it in general. I mean, I'm okay with it. I just don't love it. I don't really care too much about it. I, I think it happened because I think they realized that Nobody wanted to see Cena and Rusev 
just talk. And I think they needed that spot on Tuesday because how many times have we seen Cena and Rusev? And I think this goes back to Nick's question from the first question. How many times have we seen Cena and Rusev talk about their country? That that feud's been done yeah, been three done or four lot. times. Just gave some fresh air to it, and uh, yeah. So I I think it was maybe to help that feud more than Cena, than more than AJ and KO. Which I'm fine with. If we're gonna if we're gonna push other stuff, I'm cool with that. I'm fine with that. Yeah. All right. Last question from the mailbag. This one comes from Bruce from Trenton, New Jersey. Odds we see the broken gimmick in WWE. I think it's close. I think every time they're getting a little closer, Matt looks like he's getting closer to it. On Twitter, they tease it a lot. I think it's coming. I think 100% it happens. They really teased it on Monday. Even Jeff got you know, into it. Um, Jeff Jarrett today in the conference call for GFW uh, was asked about it, and he said that they hadn't reached a settlement on it or anything, and he reinforced the idea that their intellectual property of things that are shown on their show belong to them. So... I don't know if you can look too much into that, but maybe a settlement hasn't been reached yet and they feel like they're close. That's why they're teasing it. Uh, because this is a legal thing at the end of the day. It's not like they just don't want to do it or they want to do it. I mean, it's a legal thing. It's a legal battle, whether or not it can be shown on TV and who's the owner of the gimmick. So we'll just have to see, you know, and we'll see, you know, WWE lawyers are pretty strong. I mean, Cody Rose can't use Rose as his last name on the independence team. Here's the thing I don't understand about that. Jeff and Matt made the characters. Yes, they did it for Impact, but they made the characters. They spent their own money. They used their own houses to film, you right, know, obviously Final Deletion and stuff like even that. Admitted, even, even Impact's admitted that they, they created, the Hardys created the whole thing. It was their idea. But their contract does say anything that shows up on our show, it's ours. And that's the contract that was signed. And the problem is is that they debuted those characters on their show. So that's the problem. You know? I mean, honestly, it's just going to come down to whose lawyer is better. And WWE's lawyers are pretty impressive. I mean, Cody Rhodes can't use Rhodes. It's crazy. Which <laughs> is his real last name. Well, technically it's Runnels. But I mean, oh, right. you know, I mean... Everybody in their family yeah, I mean, has used Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. I mean, exactly. Like, come on. Dusty Rhodes. And, and, it, and it's also a really dick move. <laughs> but, you know, that's fine. All right. Yeah. David, once again, it's always a pleasure. Everybody who listened, we really appreciate you taking the time to uh, listen to what we have to say. Um, you know, it wouldn't be anything without you guys. So up until next time, uh, be on the lookout for that Hall of Fame discussion we're going to have. Um, but until then, see you.